Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yeah. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Hello and welcome to the Florida State of Recruiting podcast. We are the Three Stars, presented by Tomahawk Nation. My name is Tim Allenball, and I am joined by the Tomahawk Nation recruiting gurus themselves, Josh Pick and David Stout. And we're excited because uh, we're going to try to go three podcasts in three days, uh, keep it rolling. We were on a little bit of a break, holidays, uh, some health stuff going on, but everybody's good. Everybody's back. And so we thought we would just load you up on everything that we know, everything that we've been picking up. Uh, so we're excited about that, trying to do about 20, 25 minutes each. Uh, to get you straight into a huge recruiting weekend. But before we get to that, let's see how everybody's doing. Josh, how are you, sir? I had my uh, smoothie today, so I'm good to go. There you go. Had your smoothie. You're on the up and up. It's Is that like your spinach, like literally or like figuratively like Popeye? I don't know if our listeners know who Popeye is anymore. Popeye is a lure, man. Oh, uh, there's, there's, I do. I put kale in it. Strawberries, blueberries, bananas. Yeah. Kale, orange yeah. juice, and, and yogurt. Okay. Whenever you come down, I'll let you try it. I be- guarantee you like it, even with the kale in it. I mean, you probably don't even taste the kale. Let's be honest. That's that's the point. What's you're the getting dominating... green, You're getting greens, and you don't taste them. What's the dominating flavor of the uh, the pick surprise there? Uh, mixed berry. There you go. Yeah. Well, well, Dave, if we ever make it to uh, wherever Josh is hidden. We uh we've got a nice hookup on uh on the smoothies. How are you, buddy? I I'm good. I had a uh it's good to be back talking with you boys. I had a health scare and I'm trying to figure out if it's my medication or if I somehow stumbled into a health food shake podcast sponsored by Tomahawk Nation. But uh good to be 
talking with you guys again and and uh great to be talking about florida state recruiting boy some really good stuff's been happening been an interesting month to say the least when it comes to florida state all things florida state uh recruiting is what we are going to focus on so let's jump right into it guys um what we're planning on doing is for the first podcast we are going to do uh talk about the 2023 class now i know we're a little bit behind uh, like I said, we, we had some things going on. So our goal over these next two podcasts is kind of put a bow on the 2023 class, move forward to 2024, 2025 to see what's going on there. Uh, but we wanted to definitely give you our thoughts uh, offensively first, then we'll do defense next podcast. So let's jump into it. Florida State overall recruiting rankings, according to the composite, if you factor in both recruits from high school level and transfer, uh, Florida State ended up at number 16 overall. Um, the number one transfer rank, which is crazy. Uh, they've been doing a lot of a lot of good work. And so let's jump right into it from an offensive perspective. Uh, my thought is let's kind of go position group. I'm going to ask you guys some questions, get your thoughts on, and if you think this was a successful um, position group landing uh, when it comes to the players they got. Uh, or if this is an area that they really need to focus on in the 2024 class. So let's start with, of course, the quarterback role. Brock Glenn, uh, four-star slash three-star, kind of bounced around in the ratings there. Uh, this was this was a kid out of Memphis, Tennessee. Uh, I think he's listed in about at 477 or something like – or 475, I don't know, somewhere around there. His rankings dropped a little bit. Uh, was invited to the Elite Eleven was somebody I think that we discussed a few months back has a higher floor than he probably does ceiling wise. Uh, but this was a solid get for Florida state after kind of the rocky start that they had uh, with the Chris Parson commit decommit fiasco. So David, I want to start with you talking about Brock Glenn. Uh, we don't have to go into a full scouting here, but uh, this was a win for Florida State being able to get Brock Glenn to flip from Ohio State. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, if you're if you're doing pass fail or, or whatever, FSU definitely passes with the quarterback group here because they got their man. Brock Glenn was their number one target um, back. You know, when we were doing podcasts a while back, and we were you know did one especially on the quarterbacks. I think uh, talking about Chris Parson and Brock Glenn, and then um, uh, Ricky, whatever his name was, who went. Yeah, that kid. Um, and, you know, they got their man. It was it was clear that the coaching staff prioritized Brock Glenn. Uh, and they were, you know, just funny how things work out. They they took the long route to get to each other, but they got to each other. And, uh, you know, we've heard some people be concerned that, that Brock didn't maybe have the best senior season, and that's valid. He didn't have the senior season that I think he hoped for. But that doesn't mean that the tools and the things that attracted Florida State to him are not still there. And um, so Tim hit it on the head. I, you know, I think this is a guy who certainly raises the, the floor of the quarterback room. And he's somebody who, you know, will, he'll, he'll certainly need at least a year or two in the system before he can make any type of significant impact, you know, barring injury or anything like that. But that's okay. You need guys like that in the quarterback room. And, and so what he'll – his job coming in is going to be to learn as quickly as he can and be able to push the guys in front of him, uh, potentially lead the, the scout team or whatever. And I'm really excited about him. I think that he's a very solid get. He's somebody who, you know, as, as he learns the offense and gets into the strength and conditioning, I don't think he limits you necessarily. His, his high school 
offensive schemes were very similar to the ones that, that Florida State uses. And so um, I'm excited about this. I think Florida State got a good one in Brock Glenn. Yeah, I think he's a really solid locker room guy. I think he's more athletic than he is given credit for. Um, I'd say probably like a B-plus maybe if I was just to give a grade on it. Um, I really like this get for Florida State. And nice to kind of finally see those Memphis connections pay off a little bit on the recruiting trail. We kind of been wondering when that was going to happen. And uh, he said to get that FSU bump once he committed, he went from a four-star to a three-star. So that was nice to see as well. The FSU bump lives on. Um, I think this also sets you up well uh, with – Josh, obviously the 2024 class, Luke Cromenhoke, or however I, I try to butcher that each time, uh, is a kid that's really going to soar up the rankings. And I, I think what this really sets you up to do is if you want, if all of these guys stay and, and they don't pour out, Josh, I think this really lets you potentially big game hunt in the 2025 class if you want. Yeah, absolutely. And the other thing is all of a sudden you have a nice like, A.J. Duffy, Brock Glenn, Luke Kay, like you're getting nice, solid pieces every year at quarterback, and that's something we haven't been able to say at Florida State for quite some time. And it's nice because it means they're not going to have to unexpectedly go to the well for a transfer porter quarterback. I mean, all you have to do is to, to truly appreciate what Florida State's doing right now, all you have to do is look a little bit down south, at, you know, the directions from – Florida State to Hogtown or south till you smell it and then east till you or west till you step in it or whatever. But um, all you have to do is look at look in Gainesville right now and look at what they're dealing with. That is exactly the type of quarterback situation you want to do everything in your power to avoid. Um, and so this is very exciting that they're building a strong depth and good competition because that way, if you want to bring in a transfer portal quarterback, you can but it's not forcing your hands to have to do so when you're building this kind of depth in the room. And, and for those that aren't caught up, we don't want to dwell on Florida, but they lost Anthony Richardson to the NFL. And then Jaden Rashada decided that Florida might not all have all the money they were promising to have. And then we're going to get Walker Howard. We're going to get Sam Hartman in the portal. Now you're going to get Graham Mertz. So suck it. <laughs> so, and then of course, uh, Kitna had the legal problems. And so their depth is just completely, Wiped out. So we'll, we'll Graham Mertz. Oh, my, yeah, the, the Gators have fallen. Good gracious. Uh, but speaking of an area of depth, that's where I want to go next when it comes to Florida State. I want to talk about the running back position, which arguably was one of the top positions on the offensive side of the ball last year. Although you could make, probably make an argument for almost every position outside of tight end. Um, Sam Singleton, four star, top 350 kid. Uh, this was a guy that when Florida State picked up his commitment, there were some that were kind of iffy about some of, uh, of his skills, but he really showed out this year. Uh, from a high school perspective, you know, they were still trying to get Cedric Baxter. That didn't happen. Uh, there was a lot going on there with that recruitment. But uh, it, it's also a position where you could afford to lose while taking a shot for a big guy because you've got Trey Benson. You've got um, – Kaziah Holmes, which I guess you would also probably include in this class as well, even though he didn't technically uh, sign up this year, uh, but he wasn't eligible to play last year. Um, and, of course, you've still got Toa Philly and uh, the guy that I'm blanking our, on. That Rodney, our guy Rodney, our guy Rodney Hill, dude. Yeah, that, that's where I was trying to say. Uh, yes, they did lose Trayshawn Ward, uh, but I think this is a very uh, – this is, this is still a good – situation that Florida State finds themselves 
uh, after the 2023 class. Josh, what are your thoughts there? Yeah, I mean, he's aptly nicknamed Sweet Feet. Like, this kid can absolutely float. If he gets in the open field, you're not catching him. He's gone for, for six. And it's a nice situation that he can come in and maybe play. But, you know, if he wants to take a redshirt, you can also redshirt him and save him. So it's a really nice situation to have. And and smart of Florida State to go after Baxter, but not to go too hard and not play stupid money against Texas. <laughs> Got to love the stupid money. Uh, David, I, I think – as we kind of mentioned here, overlooked is that Keziah Holmes is going to be eligible this coming year. Uh, and we've heard from reports, obviously it was on the practice squad and different things, but this kid's a beast and going to be a huge addition to the room. Those who have, who have been with us for the past few recruiting cycles, uh, they'll know that I, I loved Keziah Holmes coming out of high school, loved him. And um you know, it's funny, the the two running backs that I really liked from Florida in that cycle were Kazai Holmes and uh, Kevon Lee, who who both now have transferred from uh, from Juwan Sider's clutches in Penn State. Don't know where Lee's going to go yet, but um, very happy that FSU was able to get Holmes. And, uh, you know, I understand that he, he may not have been a bit, you know, really good fit for him up in Happy Valley and struggled with some injuries and, and stuff, but if FSU can tap into his skill set from who he was just a couple years ago as a prep player, they have something special. And uh, yeah, no, no one's really talking about him. And, and we've seen some comments in the message boards that, uh, you know, maybe he just doesn't really do anything and then transfers again or whatever. But I, I think that he is someone who keep your eye on him because I think you'll find that, he could get some touches and we knew, you know, going into this off season, we knew that the three headed monster wasn't going to be the three headed monster next season. We knew somebody was going to leave, whether Benson, you know, applied for the draft or, or somebody transferred and um, you know, hate to see Ward go, but I think he found a wonderful fit in Kansas state. And I think that's a good move for him. And I think it's also a good move for Florida state because they have so many talented guys and there's only one football. And so with Kaziah, I'm, I'm excited about him because not only can he be a strong contributor as a running back, but he's got underrated hands. And I'll say that Sam Singleton as well has underrated hands. And so you can see that Norvell is looking at guys that they're not just toting the rock. They could potentially come out of the backfield on bubble screens or whatever and um, be a safety blanket for the quarterback as well. And it wouldn't surprise me to see um, – uh, um, Sam Singleton kind of play the Rodney Hill role next season to where the coaches obviously saved Rodney. You know, they wanted to keep his red shirt intact, but he still found some playing time and garbage time. And I think you'll see the same thing for Sam Singleton this coming year. And it's, I, man, I, I, I you go back in time and, and when was the last time that FSU had such a loaded running back room and not, you know, cause we all remember when Leon Washington and Lorenzo Booker were the two headed monster, you know, FSU has, has very often had more than one talented back, but my goodness, just the depth from top to bottom in the running back room is fantastic. I think you have to go back to maybe the early nineties uh, back when, when we have this kind of depth of the position. Yeah. And, and I'm not saying he's going to be Trey Benson, but it just reminds me with Kaziah Holmes, a lot of people trashing the take kind of like, they were with Trey Benson last offseason, and look what he did. He's became an all-ACC kid. So I'm not saying he's going to turn into Trey Benson, but I wouldn't doubt this staff and, and what they can do with their running backs. David, you, you referenced how loaded a room is with the running back room. I think this next room is equally loaded, and 
Uh, say it, health. Tim. Say the position group. No, you you got to watch out for David's health here. Don't don't just be don't, easy don't on get it. His heart, <laughs> My heart it, rate's rising. It's amazing how they have flipped this room in a year, and it's the wide receiver room. I mean, the high school class is just a home run with Hakeem Williams, uh, who you know is listed as the top in the top three. I know David's going to make the argument that he's the, the best wide receiver in the nation. Uh, you've also got all day Dre and Vandravius Jacobs, who just put out phenomenal film uh, in, in this past season. And then also Goldie Lawrence, who is a bit underrated in himself. I, I think, David, I want to say it was probably over a year ago. Sometime I, I want to say like around October of 2021, we did a podcast and we just kind of talked about like names to know for 2023. And one of the names that you brought up was Hakeem Williams. And uh, you've been on this bandwagon like longer than anybody I know talking about just how amazing this guy is. Uh, this was an absolute grand slam for the Florida State team when it comes to wide receivers. Seminole fans. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. If you need a Florida State jersey, go buy yourself a number eight Florida State jersey in both colors uh, because it's going to be – I can't wait in the seasons to come to see how many number eight jerseys are going to be in, in Dope Campbell Stadium on Saturdays. And it's funny you mentioned the being on the bandwagon for him. This is the first time I've – you know, I've known about Hakeem for a while, and you just heard rumors about him as he was coming up. This kid could be special. This kid could be special. And I've been on the bandwagon for a long time, but I refuse to get my hopes up for a long time, too, because I'm, you know, with where Florida State was, you know, the state of the program, I was like, there's no way they can land somebody like him. And here we are. And he's a Florida State Seminole. And he proved, you know, not only was FSU able to to fend off all the sharks trying to, you know, steal him away with money and all, you know, grandeur and all these promises at the last minute, but he also decided to enroll with the rest of his classmates rather than playing an all-star game, which I will guarantee you is part of the reason he dropped in the, in the rankings because they're petty like that. Hakeem Williams is the kind of kid that comes into a program and makes other players transfer. And I'm not going to name names, but I think he already made one transfer. And uh, I think there's going to be at least another person who transfers because Hakeem is that good. And I'm so excited that Florida State's wide receiver room is where it is right now because it doesn't need him 
to come in and be a superstar from day one. It's going to allow Hakeem to get his feet under him, learn the playbook, adjust to the speed of the game in college. But I will guarantee you in this podcast that by the end of next season, he's going to be a starting wide receiver. And I think within three years, he will have at least one All-American title to his name, at least two All-ACC titles to his name, and I think he's going to be a first-round draft pick, bar, you know, of course, with health and everything. He is that talented. And suffice all that to say, then another lovely jersey option for Florida State fans to buy is the beloved number 20 that was once rocked by... The guy that I know that rocked 20 was uh, LaMarcus Joyner, right? Exactly. That's who I'm going for. LaMarcus Joyner, beloved number 20, who is now going to be rocked by all day Dre. And as much as I gush about Hakeem Williams, I love Vandrevis Jacobs' game. Um, this, When you look at Vandrevis Jacobs, I think if Mike Norvell could cobble together a Frankenstein of all the athletic traits and electric uh, moves and all that stuff for just an all-around football player, Vandrevius Jacobs is the result. He's so exciting with the ball in his hand, and he's the kind of guy that can teleport three yards to the left in, a, in the blink of an eye. And so he's going to be one that, you know, Hakeem Williams' highlight reel is going to be going up and mossing people and pulling away and just making these gorgeous contested catches. Vandrevius Jacobs is going to look like Nightcrawler out there and going to remind some people. Now, again, I'm not saying he's going to be the next Peter Warwick, or Lorenzo Booker, but he's got those kinds of moves. He's the kind of guy that he'll run straight ahead, stop on a dime, jump back two yards, shift to the right. You know, the, the defender is going to have his pants around his ankles by the time he can turn around and read the name on the back of the jersey of Jacobs. And so the just having FSU bring in these two guys, in addition to the incredible transfer hall that they got last year, in addition to one of those transfers finally being healthy with a, with the potential of being a wide receiver one in Winston Wright, y'all, I like, am, am I in a fever dream from my medicine? I, you know, I can't. I look at this depth chart and and the the wide receiver room, and I'm like, man, I've I've died and gone to garnet gold heaven. Yes, I don't know if you can really uh, top anything there, but uh, anything you want to add? No, just, you know, major credit to Omar Graham, who was Hakeem's teammate in high school uh, and who has a bright future in Tallahassee as well, I believe. But credit to Omar Graham, credit to Ron Dugans for spearheading this recruitment. Obviously, Mike Norvell, former wide receiver himself, helped out quite a bit as well. But but also, I mean, it's not just the location and it's the performance on the field. Like Florida State could go up head-to-head against A&M and Miami and, and even Georgia and say, look what our wide receivers did. This is what you can do at Florida State. And Florida State just won that recruitment initially and then held off everybody else coming down the stretch because we know that Mario was pestering the crap out of Hakeem and um, <laughs> Deion Sanders and all these other idiots are trying to get him to come. And Hakeem said true to his word, and as David mentioned, he skipped the All-American game and is in early in Florida State and building relationships and going through that tour of duty, and that's great to see. Uh, Vandravius Jacobs the a kid that I'd like to see probably put on about 20 pounds. I just worry – for his safety in college. I mean, in high school, he was able to get away with being tiny, but in college, some of those safeties could probably kill him. And I'd like to see him take a red shirt and put on some major poundage. And, and, and Goldie Lawrence is kind of the afterthought, but this is a kid that came in some of those mega camps in the summer last year with his team and just really showed out and, 
and, and Norvell and Dugans were like, all right, we got to get this guy. And they did. And, um, you know, I think it's a really solid wide receiver class. Yeah, I, I do think if Vandravius was an inch or two taller with about 20 to 25 more pounds, his rating would be a lot higher uh, because I think he's got the ability, as David said, to just about do anything on the field. Uh, but, yeah, you do worry about him listed about 165, somewhere in there. His senior season tape was like every week it was like, look what Dre did this week. Look what he did. This. I mean, it's just <laughs> unbelievable every single week. And it wasn't just like, in the slot and taking bubbles. I mean, he was, he was able to go up and, and get some balls and moss some kids as well. Yeah, he was, he was skying over some of those kids in the end zone. Uh, exactly what you want to see. Um, I want to go to the tight end room for our next. I, I think this is a room. If you're looking at it from a high school perspective, obviously they didn't get anybody. Um, so this is not, uh, not what you want to see. You want to see them probably taking at least one tight end per class from the high school level. And, We'll see what they do in the 2024 class. But from a transfer perspective, uh, maybe one of the, the most impressive uh, recruiting uh, on the offensive side of the ball. I know, I know what I'm saying with Hakeem and others there, but for them to go into the transfer portal and pull the two best tight ends uh, in Kyle Morlock and uh, Jaheim Bell, they instantly transformed this room as well, probably the weakest room on the entire team last year uh although dave will probably argue against me with kicker um but <laughs> tied in uh probably the, the the worst uh the worst room and now uh you've got two guys with two unique skill sets that give you just incredible options on offense and it just allows norvell uh to to have so many different options out there josh tell me your thoughts on morlock and bell yeah, I mean, two different type of tight ends, and and nice that Florida State was able to get them on campus together and kind of recruit them together. Like, hey, you guys are only going to help each other out by being on the field together, and you know, more like coming from Division Two, but six six, two hundred forty pounds. Like, he's going to be an incredible third down red zone type guy. And Jaheim Bell is jack of all trades. Line him up in the backfield, line, split him out out wide, do whatever you want with him, but. Yeah, it kind of reminds me of like the wide receiver situation last year. I went from a weakness to a strength just through the transfer portal. I feel like that's what Florida State did. And all of a sudden you got these two and Marquise and Biscuit Douglas. And that, that tight end room looks pretty solid next season. I think one of the things I'm most excited about with these two guys coming in, and there's a lot to be excited about. But when Mike Norvell came to Florida State, we know that he has an affinity for offensive sets with multiple tight ends but we've never gotten to really see that we, you know, we, we kind of got to see it a little bit towards the end of the year when Mark Easton uh, really started to kind of show out. But even then you were limited with what Cam McDonald could bring you. Now, all of a sudden you have three, what looks to be three legitimate tight end options. One of whom you can, can really kind of move around if you want to. And, and bell, you know, you can line him up at H back or split him out or whatever. And I think Morlock, you'll be able to split out wide too, if you want to. And all of a sudden, we're going to be able to see some really cool personnel fits out there in the offensive schemes. And, um, you know, I, this was tight end was, was a room that they had worked really hard to flip and, and uh, you know, to mix results. And you still have some high school guys you know, lower on the depth chart who we're hoping, you know, they'll be able to develop. But you're right, Tim, this is something that you, you don't want to have to be in the position to bring in multiple guys from the transfer portal. But 
FSU could not have done any better with the tight ends they got from the transfer portal this season. And man, I'm, I'm excited about these guys. And then one thing I keep seeing is, well, the transfer portal is not sustainable, whether it be from rival fan bases who are tired of Florida state kicking their butt or from, you know, negative prognosticators on the Florida state beat or whatever. But I think it's more sustainable than, than they'll let on. But the other thing is, okay, you've shown you can recruit the transfer portal. The next step is being able to land legitimate blue chips at every position. Like we haven't seen that. We, we finally saw it at wide receiver. We kind of saw it at, at running back, but we haven't seen it at tight end. We haven't really seen it at cornerback linebacker. We got Blake Nicholson, but you know, it's like the next step is starting to become that high school recruiting machine, which, I, exactly. which I think, I think Florida state's on the, on the right path, but that's what you're really exactly, to see. You are exactly right, Josh. That That's a crucial point. And I think that's what myself and a lot of fans want to see too, is this success that they're having in the transfer portal go over to high school recruiting. And, and something else that I think is important to note is people look at the transfer portal. And I think there's just this assumption that it's full of all these hired gun mercenaries who only have one year left. And that's not the truth. FSU has shown that not only will they have a lot of success in the transfer portal, but they're diversifying their classes that they're bringing in. They're not just bringing in grad transfers who you're going to have for one or two seasons. Now that is absolutely unsustainable, but what they're doing is they're bringing in guys who have two, three, sometimes four seasons of eligibility left. That's essentially high school recruiting. And you're getting the benefit of a guy having already spent at least one off season and full season in a strength and conditioning program. So if, if you're still kind of wary about the transfer portal, know that it's not just these hired guns who are going to be there for one or two seasons. It's much more than that. And, and just one point before I don't want to gloss over it is just major kudos to Ingram Smith and the battles End collective for the job they've done because Florida state was way, way, way behind in the NIL game. And all of a sudden that thing got up and running near the end of the season and they just really kicked butt this off season. So major kudos to Ingram and, and his entire team there. Absolutely. One big position group to talk about, one small thing to add on, and, and I know we're already kind of over what we want to do a lot for pod one, so we'll try to go quickly but not too quickly. The offensive line, uh, last last but not least, really, Lucas Simmons, uh, Christopher, Andre, Otto, I don't know what we're calling them nowadays. Uh, those are your two high school uh, commitments. Uh, Lucas Simmons is, is a stud. We've talked about Lucas Simmons a lot. If I could – nitpick one thing I would like them to have potentially picked up a, another interior guy whether you know that was probably Rod Kearney or early on and uh, things didn't work out there but um, where they kind of lacked in high school they of course made up in the transfer market with uh, with Byers, uh, Keandre Jones uh, and Casey Roddick who I think are all starters and all are going to be studs on that offensive line Jones being the only guy that may not start, especially with the news that maybe uh, Dimitri Emmanuel, or Meech, uh Emmanuel may be getting a seventh year. No confirmation there. We're still waiting to see, but he is practicing with Florida State. Uh, Josh, thoughts on the offensive line and what uh, Coach Alex Atkins was able to do there? Well, I just think Lucas Simmons, I think his ceiling is just unbelievable. I mean, that, that's a kid that's still kind of raw, but when he adds 20 to 30 pounds and kind of puts it all together. Oh my goodness. This kid is going to be a first round pick. Absolute superstar. Um, Andre Otto is a kid that is very athletic and, the, and both Norvell and Atkins raved about him. Um, a very, very smart kid. 
I think a kid that's probably going to need two to three years just to kind of figure out football. I mean, but he does have quite a bit of potential and, and just a great job. I'm glad they didn't reach for John Campbell in the transfer portal, of the kid from Miami that they brought in on an official visit. Um, and I think maybe landing Jeremiah Byers from UTEP, who is one of the top offensive linemen in the portal. I think maybe that put an end to that, but great job getting Byers and then a great job holding on to Casey Roddick because Oklahoma and SC were definitely going in for him after he committed to Florida State. Yeah, I, I, I do think that Roddick is going to surprise people with how good he is in that guard position. So uh, excited to see uh, all of those guys line up there. David, I don't know if you wanted to add anything here on the offensive line before we move to a, a special place in your heart. <laughs> no, that's that's good. Uh, you got me talking about wide receivers. I know that's why I went over that. But, um, no, excited about these takes. And, and again, uh, just pointing out, too, they may not be done. Um, it'll be interesting to see who comes available after the spring ball uh, finishes up in, in that wave and then, of course, another wave in summer. And remember, that's when FSU was able to get Turnatine and, and Dylan Gibbons in the past. And so keep an eye on that position. If another stud comes available, uh, Alex Atkins has shown that he is not afraid to go after said stud. But wonderful job by – by Coach Atkins, again, just reloading in this group. Yeah, and, and on the offensive side of the ball, that's probably the only position where you'd see Florida State take another transfer would be either just a stud offensive tackle or, or you know, a, a surefire starter at one of the other offensive line positions. Yeah, Josh, I really think it's probably going to be even narrowed down to most likely a tackle, to your point. So we'll see what happens there. David, let's wrap it up. Uh, preferred walk-on kicker Tyler Keltner has hey! joined Florida State. Uh, I think this kid might uh, might be somebody that may have the biggest impact on the team if he can unseat your uh, your friend and mine, uh, Fitz. <laughs> so people think I hate Fitz. I'm not going to confirm or deny it. I, I don't hate the kid. I don't want him to get cut. Why I wanted them to bring in a transfer kicker so badly is because you've got to have significant competition at that position. Um, and the other kickers that Florida State has brought on clearly have not provided that. And, you know, it's the old adage, iron sharpens iron. And I know that a lot of things with kickers can be mental, but with FSU gearing up the way they are gearing up right now for 2023, you cannot have a liability at field goal kicker. And Ryan was a liability at times this past year to where Florida State went for it way more often than they probably want to. I'm not saying that I don't want to see him start. I'm not saying that he should be cut, any of those things. What I'm saying is you have to bring in legitimate competition and may the best man win. And you know what? Whoever does not do field goals, maybe that's your kickoff specialist. You know, they could very well both have a role on this team moving forward. But with what we're gearing up to see in 2023, I really, really wanted to see them bring in another kicker just to make sure that you've got the best man for the job. And I love that they did it. And I really love that he's a local Tallahassee boy coming home. Yeah, it's really cool. I've already made my, my feelings known on the returning kicker. So I'll just leave it at that. But yeah, welcome home, Tyler. Oh, Josh won't even say his name. Oh, all right, boys. Pod one in the books. Uh, let's take a quick break. We'll come back for pod two. Uh, this will probably be out. Uh, this one will probably be out hopefully tomorrow, Thursday. Second one on Friday. But that's kind of us putting a bow on the 2023 offensive class. Uh, we're going to come back to the defensive class. Probably will be a little bit quicker. Not as many names to talk about there. But some definitely 
some interesting ones. So uh, as always, check us out uh, wherever you're listening to the podcast. We are the three stars. This is the Florida State Recruiting Podcast. Uh, leave us five stars. Uh, share us with your friends. Tell others about what's going on at Tomahawk Nation. And as always, check us out in the recruiting thread. And until next time, for Josh Pick, for David Stout, I am Tim Allen. Let's keep climbing.